they do see him soon. Do I see him soon? Quatrième son, c'est la même chose. Cinquième, qui est le dernier? Hello and welcome to Benview on Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson. And I'm the resident Spielberg fanatic, Justin Kizan. Uh, and today we're talking about uh, his first major sci-fi film. It's a genre that he would turn to many times later in his career. Uh, this was the first entry and it was called Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, you know, people out there might be saying, hey, this, this, this Matt Benson guy claims to be an apatheticist. He loved Jaws, obviously. Yeah. He liked Sugarland. He liked Duel. He liked that episode of Columbo. <laughs> when are we going to see some of that apatheticism coming in? Uh, well, guess what? Here it's, it starts today with this episode. Well, folks, with the, with the film that I have capital M mixed feelings about. <laughs> folks, I I want to I want to I want to take you back. <laughs> I want to take you back. 2011. Sure. That's when I uh, that's when I first met Matt Benson. Yeah. <laughs> he was a young pup then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we were going to Comic Con. Sure, it's a very. Is this, I want this is kind of a, a little backstory between you and me, and yeah. I, one would even argue this is almost the the reason we're doing this podcast today, mm. <laughs> um, to a strange degree. Yeah, is that um, uh, basically how the how's it that we we got the our a fellow a fellow agent of guard Nathan Nathan Schultz. Yeah. Uh, became friend. You became friends with him through uh, Cypress College. Cypress College. Yep. And uh, refresh my memory. Is it because you had a hotel situation or a motel situation? Uh, or I, you just like you were another person that Nate asked to? I to believe. Help us? You know, I can't remember. I know somehow we we were in both need of a roommate for a, a hotel motel right holiday <laughs> in Say what? <laughs> Uh, at at San Diego Comic Con 2011, right, and and so it ended up being me, him, and mm. you mm-hmm. at the Motel Six in Chula Vista, <laughs> Chula Vista, <laughs> which we paid like, I mean, we each paid the almost a hundred dollars. Yeah, and it was it was fine. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> there was a Motel Six in Chula Vista. <laughs> we were playing. We were paying an obscene <laughs> amount of money for it, for it. because it was Comic Con. Exactly. No, exactly. And I, it, this is we a good. Had, we had to ride the trolley to the convention center. <laughs> right. Which meant that we had to be back to the Motel Six by <laughs> eleven o'clock. So who the, the nightlife was not happening <laughs> yeah. for us. Um, and I think the reason I bring this up is because like um, this is actually this is in fact the first time I've fully met you and like yeah. I I briefly met you before I probably had a midnight movie. Yeah. So. But then yep. we were immediately thrown into the fires <laughs> yeah, of Comic-Con. And then so, like, it was the two-hour drive to San Diego. It's this whole, all right, I kind of met Matt kind of briefly. He seemed cool, but we'll see how this goes. We're going to have to be with each other yeah. for, like, two I hours. I we rode up, too. Yeah. <laughs> we have to be with each other two hours to con, yeah. several days in this hotel, motel. Yeah. To get to know each other, to see if I can, you know, like I hope I don't piss him off. I hope he doesn't piss me off. Yeah, it's like this could get real. It's a high risk scenario. It's a high risk scenario. And generally speaking, I remember, yeah, like we, it was a lot of you and me talking. There was a lot of feeling each other out. Like, yeah. oh, have you seen this? Have you watched Lost? Do you sure. like the ending of Lost? Yeah. <laughs> In that order. That conversation that every nerd has to have. It's like, do you like Lost? Yeah. Did you like the ending of Lost? And that's kind of how you yeah. judge. Yeah. Um. So seems like we're getting along fine. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Happened? And then, one of us brought up Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> now I just recently revisited it on uh-huh. Netflix, and um, 
still assessing my feelings on the you know on the film, but overall felt positive about it. Yeah. You, Matt. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> and I, I remembered kind of like got a little heated between you and me in the car. And I was like, my neck was turned because yeah. you were sitting in the back. <laughs> Nate was driving. <laughs> and then I'm just sitting like, okay, okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. How much longer is the drive? Was Does this he, on the way to San Diego? I don't recall. Yeah, so this was right at the beginning so, of like, this I got journey. a full dose, and I and I came in hot. <laughs> came in hot with the appetite, with the just the, mm, the what the I'm like hmm. I don't I don't get Spielberg any quarter. <laughs> he crosses me with a movie. I'll I'll take it to him. I don't care what he made before that. So so. Uh, um, to be fit to 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 the to obviously it worked out. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we're fine now. We got over it. We got over it, and uh, we're doing a podcast specific on this director. He, as he said, yeah, would not give a quarter to back in 2011. <laughs> He's dedicating several episodes. <laughs> Although maybe this will derail the podcast. Maybe this will open the balloons. Just start salting <laughs> we'll, it. Yeah. Just well, he'll storm out of here, and we'll, and, and we'll never record another episode after this. And then the and then the the, the shack thing will actually become real. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you already started with Andrew. You're good to go. Just piss him off. We can watch more Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny. It's like, yeah, like I, um, I knew of your, I knew you liked Jaws. I knew yeah. uh, the other ones you were kind of new to. Um, so, uh, but this was the episode. I was yeah. like, all right, this is the first. This is the first time where I'm gonna <laughs> run afoul yeah. of the Spielberg lovers out there. So, so this is where I'm like, all right, here's the. I don't want to make clear. I don't hate this film. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you could have fooled me back then. Well, that, I mean, you know, I was a younger man. I was, <laughs> lo- I was a little <laughs> more brash. Yeah. <laughs> a little piss and vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like Steven Spielberg watching the Academy Award nomination <laughs> announcements in 1975. Well, I, I. I I have this theory that like when you hit your age back then mm-hmm. and i it 2011 me. i would have been i would have been tw- i would have been 20 i would have been freshly 20 exactly yeah. the point <laughs> i had a couple friends at film school who were uh they were 20 when i was going to film school i was 23 yeah. uh it's appropriate age still works but like at some point <laughs> when you hit 20 and you're still a dedicated film fan yeah you decided fuck spielberg <laughs> you wonder why because I said that once too when I was twenty. <laughs> well, you know, it's at a certain point, I think it's it's a weird sort of proving yourself thing. Yeah, you have to you have to point to a giant. Yeah. and say I'm gonna throw a fucking rock yeah. at that thing's head. And that's exactly that's what I was doing. Exactly. We all pick. Here's the thing: we all pick where we do it. Yeah. Some people pick earlier. You decided to pick earlier. Yeah. I went for ho- I went for hook. Yeah. You that, went after hook. I went after hook, and we will get to my feelings on hook way down. Yeah. Line with that's, you, hook. That's, it's in the future. It's in the future. But I, I went to Hook and went, fuck Hook. Yeah. <laughs> Hook's bullshit. <laughs> you know, I've had friends at film school who was like, oh, everything till Last Crusade after that, bullshit. You know, <laughs> so it's, you just decide, like, yeah. like what would, even that, when he said after, that friend of mine, he was like, left after Last Crusade, and went, Jo- the Jurassic Park? Fuck Jurassic Park. <laughs> Whoa! Well, we'll get into that a few episodes down the line. I know, but it's always yeah, yeah. <laughs> something. You, you get, like, you're like the new kid at, in jail. Yeah, you, you gotta, pick, you gotta, gotta pick, pick on the big guy. You pick the toughest guy you find. You <laughs> fucking smash his head with a food tray. No one's gonna, <laughs> no one gonna fuck with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... 
there we go. This it cracks me up, and I know eventually that's just how it goes. That's just yeah. you, you got to do that. Um, but having emerged from that angry young man phase, <laughs> I still would, as I said, have capital M mixed feelings about Close Encounters of and, the Third Kind. Oh, and man, I'm gonna be real honest with you on something. You yeah. will be surprised on my reaction to this film now. Okay. What is that? What oh, is that? We should, let us go on. Okay, <laughs> let us go on. Yeah. Uh, so, so, okay. So, for those that don't know the film, mm-hmm. this is a uh, Somalian show up. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Ben Fields Spielberg. <laughs> and that, I, mean, that, I mean, that kind of gets to, I mean, right away to get to my right. mixed feelings. Right. I mean, how else? I mean, what else happens in this movie? No, no, exactly. Um, and this is, I, and this is, okay. So, I, yeah, no, it, it is uh, is about legit first contact. Yes, first contact with human with, with the with, uh, up for humans extraterrestrial extraterrestrial uh, life. That is that is in fact the whole movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I had a, I just realized I had an overall note that I want to get to because it's kind of miscellaneous. So I'll I'll just throw it in now. Sure. Um, Moonraker, which uh, came out I believe the year after this, uh, uh-huh. ha- has a moment where James Bond enters a code in a door, and it's the five tones from Close Encounters. Yeah. Um, which uh, Steven Spielberg allowed allowed the Broccoli's to use for mm-hmm. for free, the producers of the James Bond films, right? Uh, uh, because he was a fan. Yeah. Uh, and then years later, uh, Spielberg wanted wanted to use the 007 theme song in a movie he was producing called mm-hmm. The Goonies. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Broccoli shut it down. I think it was Albert Broccoli back then. Shut it down. Said nope. Wow. Said, Thank, thanks for the close encounter tenor, tones. <laughs> fuck off. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine like Spielberg had that in his back pocket. It's like, yeah. don't worry, Richard. Yeah, I got, I got this. this. I did him a favor. We're they owe me. <laughs> We're buddies. I love Bond. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on, guys. What do you mean, no? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I believe the the quote, the exact response was, "Well, the 007 theme is a lot more than five tones," which uh, Spielberg says he he felt uh, he was joking when he said that. Right. But of course, the 007 theme is not in Goonies. No, nope, so, it's not. So clearly, ultimately, it, it was. You're telling me broccoli level, bro- not a joke. Was the producer name again? Broccoli. Uh, Albert Broccoli. Albert Broccoli. Broccoli. You tell me you couldn't even allow him to. Da, da. <laughs> That's it. Nope. Nope. Not even Shut that. It down. Fuck you, dude. You're not, you're not gonna direct one of our movies, so go have fun with Indiana Jones, and we're not gonna let you use our music. I love Data so much that would have made that moment so good. Yeah. <laughs> that movie was great already. Yeah. But screw you guys. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we're not talking so about yeah, Goonies. We're a, talking about <laughs> just a little. Uh, if we really, if we really wanted to make people hate me, we would talk about Goonies and say that much. Oh God. Um. um <clears throat> but yeah, just on. a little miscellaneous fact. That's a fun fact, though. Yeah, because yeah. I'm not a big fan of Moonraker. Oops, sorry. Uh, <laughs> controversial. <laughs> I would say it's my third favorite Roger Moore. Yeah, but more about the not great quality of the other Roger Moores. <laughs> I was gonna, I'll give you that. That's fair. Maybe yeah. fourth. Maybe fourth. fourth. I just lowered right in front of me. <laughs> well, Man of the Golden Guns definitely number one. Oh yeah, no, that's good. Now I'm gonna good say one. number two is a view to a kill for all its ridiculousness. Ooh, for wow. All its How, okay, so you're incepting like 85 year old Roger Moore. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, as I pointed out on Twitter recently, and we're getting way off topic. We here, super are. But if <laughs> Sean, Roger Moore is two years older than Sean Connery. Right. So if Sean Connery had made Bond movies until 1987, right, he would have been the same age Roger Moore was when he made a view to a kill. Like, think about how insane that is. No, true. Also, that's a reason why he shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting off topic. We, we are super getting about, off. We're talking about close encounters of the third kind. <laughs> of the third kind, written 
and directed by Steven Spielberg. But to be fair, Steven had a lot of other writers come yeah, in to uh, help him pitch, fill out the story. Yeah. Though in the end, he did get the sole yeah. screenwriting credit. But I think this even... is one of two of his movies where he got sole, uh, or not sole, but where he got a screenplay, screenwriting credit. And we'll get to the other know, one. You, you, so you know what the other one is? Yeah, I do. It also it it it, it, it almost kind of derailed my feelings of, uh, to a certain degree. It, uh, <laughs> it, it was the thing. It's the thing I did my research on because yeah. I, I didn't know about the other, and we should probably pull up who the other writers are. When, oh yeah, we can't, but like when I you know, back then, I just looked up close counts, third kind, said written directed by Steven Spielberg. Cool. Then when we got to the other science fiction film that <laughs> said written directed by Steven Spielberg, and I'm like, <laughs> how did that happen? And then I read the research, and it's like, oh, there are like four or five other uncredited writers, yeah, who were helping Steven fill out his script. And you know he did do the final. I'm sure. I'm assuming he did do probably at least a final, like touch Trim, up on yeah. his own. But certainly, um, where, do I, where do I go? IMDb will have it, maybe. Maybe I'm trying to look up the other writer. Sorry, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. But like, uh, yeah. At the very least, like, uh, it's clear that other writers pitched in. Yeah. To fill out the script, that Stephen kind of you know definitely like, uh, kind of Here we go. We got the other writer so. credits. Yeah. There we go. So we have uh, Hal Barwood, Jerry Belson. John Hill and Matthew Robbins. Yeah, all uncredited. All uncredited. But do you uh, recognize any of these names? Uh, Jerry. Ro- uh, Let's see. Oh, well, uh, Hal Hal Barwood wrote uh, Sherlock Express. Oh, there we go. Like. Oh, that makes sense. Um, and some Indiana Jones <laughs> video games. So, yeah, story credit on those. Hey, you wrote Dragon Slayer and Corvette Summer. No, these are <laughs> Corvette Summer. Uh, the Mark Hamill. Oh, Mark Hamill's sure. other most known. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, there we go. We have the, the one of the writers from uh, from Sugarland Express. Yeah. He, he re- oh, I, and Jerry Belson wrote Always. Always. And we'll get to that one. <laughs> um, I have not seen that one. That's old. It's exciting uh, yeah. in, in our future. <laughs> oh, and he created the You guys are getting couple. a little glimpses of our other opinions of the other Spielberg <laughs> yeah, movies. Well, I mean, I haven't seen that one, so. Um, but he clearly had an opinion. Uh, I do. John Hill wrote Quickly Down Under. Uh, John Hill is a writer <laughs> who wrote stuff. I don't and know. And let's go with that last one. Close them out. Matthew, Matthew Robbins. What you got? Sugarland Express. Oh, Batteries no. not included. It's also fun. Dragon Slayer. Also Dragon Slayer, it seems. All right. Don't be afraid of the dark. Hmm. Oh, he apparently did some work on the upcoming uh, Crimson Peaks, Guillermo del Toro's new film. Huh. So that's kind of cool. So... Huh. So we got info on all the writers now. Yeah. Good amount of guys yeah. uh, have worked. Good group of guys. Good group of guys, but I guess... The, to fill out Spielberg's yeah idea. roster, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need a roster for yeah. this one. <clears throat> um, All right, okay. So movie starts. We're in the desert, mm-hmm. the Sonora Desert, in Mexico. Yeah? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, sure. <move> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we here. It's here we meet uh, Bob Balaban, who is a uh, cartographer. He makes maps, but he also happens to speak French. Yep. So he is officially their French translator. And uh, he's a f- I, he's an actor I totally recognize. Yeah, Bob Alban's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've seen him in so many, yeah. <laughs> so many Wes Anderson. Um, <laughs> a lot of Wes Anderson. Seinfeld. He Seinfeld. had a big arc for a season there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, he's translating for. He's going to be the liaison between them and Francois Truffaut. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't doesn't appear. Fair to say, does not appear in American movies too often. This mm-hmm. this fella. No. Uh, is this his only one? I would believe. I feel like it is. I'm sure you know, but it's definitely was, the. <clears throat> uh, sorry. It's definitely the one where you. you it's the only one where you kind of just don't go, oh, Francois Truffaut in a Spielberg movie. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, yeah, um, you don't really think of that as much. But, yeah, he is in this film. And it's it's kind of funny where I almost feel like this is like a favor. Like, I'm yeah. sure like, I'm sure he liked it. It's one of the situations where, like, 
I like Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in your next movie. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, we actually, we talked about this in the Jaws episode, how the French term for uh, day for night is American night. Yeah. Uh, that's I learned that because Francis, Francois Truffaut directed the movie American Night, <laughs> yep. released in America as day for night, so as not to hear or hurt her feelings. <laughs> uh, so he's, I mean, he's clearly, he's, he's you know, I, I would say. It's a funny thing that's, that there is a, that's a weird Thai connection to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they're gonna translate for him. What mm. what's it? What's his deal? <sighs> He's French alien man. French science. That's, I mean, this is the, I think this is kind of and you'll, this is I think maybe a trope in Spielberg movies. Mm-hmm. They're they're government men. That's what their job is. The they're, government. They're, government they're super super smart government men. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, we're starting off kind of disparaging, but I will say we we I do like the scene a lot because we're introduced to this is kind of a classic uh, alien abduction trope. Yeah, we we are introduced to a plane that uh, was reported missing in 1945. Yeah, uh, and yet looks brand new. Mm-hmm. How 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 that happened, Justin? Right. Uh, no, it's really weird. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's that's kind of fishy. Yeah. <laughs> fishy. <laughs> but, start to pull something. <laughs> but also, it's like it's this it's a it's a clear if you want to take a talk about a leap mm-hmm. in terms of uh jaws and close encounters yeah um jaws started intimately and small yeah um we're already globe trotting we're globe trotting and we got we're on cinema scope yeah widescreen this is big look over there look you over- gotta turn your head to see the rest of the screen <laughs> so yeah he's he's already leaped to big yeah big filmmaking now yeah um and it's it's already like a big statement of I'm not fucking making Jaws too. Yeah, I'm making I'm not, a totally do different I'm trying thing. Trying to see a fucking plastic shark in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> you barely saw it in the last one, technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they they do their business there. Then we see uh, air traffic control is tracking something. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to Mincy, in, Mincy, Mincy, Indiana. There we go. <laughs> Muncy, Indiana. Of course, what I mean to say, a city later made famous for me by the Hudsucker Proxy. Um, the dingus. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Yeah, he's got the dingus. Oh, the dingus right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, when, when is the sidewalk fully dressed? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> when it's wearing Hudsucker. <laughs> That's a good movie. I love that movie. Um, <laughs> and we're in Muncie. Uh, little kids screwing around. His, yep. uh, his all his electronics turn on. Mm-hmm. He's he's wandering around to, to see what happens. Uh, we see a Coke spill out of the fridge. First, uh, first in a successful marriage product placement between Spielberg and the Coca Cola Company. <laughs> uh, this is, I, I believe, I don't, I don't think we see a Coke in Dual Sugarlander Jaws. No. So no. this is this feels this feels important. <laughs> <laughs> You see the stepping stone of yeah. already like corporatizing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> um, and then uh, we're we're introduced to our hero? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly our protagonist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, who's got some bitchin' sideburns. He does. And I say that as a man who clearly no, yeah. was a sideburn. You're rocking it now, yeah. but man, uh, Rich, uh, Richard Dreyfus definitely has got some. Got some nice chops in this thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of I like to think that like Richard Dreyfus was like okay, uh, you know, we look at it now, mm-hmm. and in Jaws, he looks like kind of a contemporary, well dressed hipster type in yeah, Jaws. Right. But you look, I mean, at the time, uh, Dreyfus would been like, thank God, I don't have to dress like a nerd in this movie. <laughs> I can I can wear cool contemporary looks, uh, uh, which of course now is you know sideburns and and some real seventies looking clothes. Right, right, right. But there, certainly, it's kind of cool that like he picked. It's kind of cool that he ended up casting. Richard in that part yeah um, after Jaws yeah you know? it's kind of like a it's, it's his boy it's his boy and I think it's a thing where it's like you want to talk about you know quintessential everyman yeah 
that felt right in yeah. the, for Spielberg's kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard was this is the I almost would say argued this is kind of the peak of that, like the just the right amount. I would of, agree. I one thing I do yeah. not have mixed feelings about in this film was Richard Dreyfus. I think yeah. he really shines. Oh yeah, uh, I, I'm a big fan of him here. Did you hear who other guys they were they were thinking about playing? I did not. What we got for me? Uh, one of them, uh, one of them, believe it or not, was in the roster was Jack uh, was Jack Nicholson. Huh? And it's funny, like Richard, uh, while they were making Jaws, Jack Nicholson twice lost out a chance to play uh, opposite Melinda Dillon. Oh my god! <laughs> How about that? Well, okay. um, connection for you. Yeah, that's kind of, there. That's funny. Um, but the, yeah, like, uh, while while Spielberg was because Spielberg was, I guess, apparently setting up uh, Close Encounters since 1973. Yeah. So that's it's a project that's been long gestating, and like while making Jaws, he was you know you, you talk about other projects and other things you're doing, and I'm sure the long tiring exhausting shoot that was jaws yeah. you had a lot of downtime and yeah. <laughs> um spielberg would describe to richard what's going on with jaws, with, with this other alien film and he's yeah. working on and he's describing the lead character and richard goes like oh dude i not the okay come on let me do that one <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let me play yeah. that guy and every once in a while he'll hear like you know, jack nicholson was up and then richard you know richard will be you know calling up steven or hanging up with him going <laughs> Jack Nicholson's too wild for that part, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> He's too much of a crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you need more of a normal you guy. You need a normal baseline so that when I go crazy building dirt mountains in my yeah, house. And exactly. It's, so, it's you know. Shocking. And I can see, right, like, Shining. You can see, like, after if Shining came out, yeah. you probably looked at Shining. Oh, someone like Jack Nicholson. Well, but Shining was 1980. Oh, sorry. But, like, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But you can. But that means that, like, that element of I can see a guy who can turn yeah. to that. Yeah, but I would I would argue that Shining is is proof that they made the right call. Oh, great! Shining is kind of a weird thing where it works in the movie somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's crazy from the start of the film. Yeah, on the drive up to the Overlook, he's already he's already unstable. Clearly, no, no, absolutely. And I, it's sort of I don't I mean I don't know Kubrick somehow was like this will work I know it right and no, it, and it I, shouldn't have but and I think it wouldn't have worked in Close Encounter absolutely and I think you know and yeah as even though I know Richard really was begging for the job yeah. he has a point yeah like no no Jack Nicholson would have been wrong for yeah. that no and so yeah. richard is exactly the right yes tone and he's great and he is great in the movie absolutely yeah um his, he's working on some model trains his kid uh wants to help with his math homework mm-hmm. uh, terry gar is pissed off because he's got like spare parts all over the dining room table right pretty standard yeah domestic scene yeah yeah uh and then the, uh he wants him to go take him Sorry, there was a car horn in the background there. I apologize for that. The dual guy got real pissed. Yeah, <laughs> I heard you talking about me a couple months ago. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, he has promised to take them uh, to a movie this weekend. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, Pinocchio's playing. We got we to gotta go see Pinocchio. And the kid's like, nah, we want to go to Goofy Golf. Uh, so again, <laughs> just kind of setting up this domestic scene. Mm-hmm. And also setting up like Pinocchio... Uh, and another like an element of Pinocchio that kind of ties into the rest of the movie. What's that? Um, when you wish upon a star. Oh sure, which you know. we were, which <laughs> score contains traces of. Let's yeah. say it's reminiscent at, at times. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they gotta they they gotta go to bed. But Richard Jarvis has told them that the, he said they could finish the Ten Commandments first, the mm-hmm. the movie, not right. reading them. <laughs> but Charlton has to film, which is playing on on TV. Again, another kind of 
allusion to the type of stuff that's going to happen to yeah. the film. Right. Well, also, this is one of two things that I would know through references as a youth before ever uh, having seen Close Encounters, mm-hmm. uh, was there was an episode of The Simpsons wherein uh, they were allowed to stay up late because Homer told them they could finish watching The Ten Commandments, <laughs> uh, which, of course, then turned out to be a four-hour movie. As they learned. <laughs> Although, if I'm remembering, they might have, it might not have been The Ten Commandments and The Simpsons. It might mm-hmm. have been a different Charlton Heston mm-hmm. historical actor. Ben-Hur? It might have been Ben-Hur. Okay, because that is a, that's a long one. Also so, a long one, also starring Charles Neston, and also a historical epic. So it works. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, but the you know, little Simpsons reference that I knew was a Simpsons reference long before ever seeing this film <laughs> as a youth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we see powers going out all across the city. Yeah. We see a McDonald's go down. We see a Shell station go down. And here's where I, I want to get into the real product placement discussion. Uh, how do you feel about product placement in films, Justin? It's a tricky thing. Yeah. Um, I get it. I understand why. Yeah. Um, you know, if I see a character drink a Diet Coke and it's just nonchalantly, like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. If I see, uh, let's say, I don't know, Superman fight in an IHOP. <laughs> that's, then you got some problems. Then I got, that's distracting or shit. Yeah, I got some problems. How yeah. do you feel about it in this film? It's okay. It's, um doesn't bother me that much I, but uh, i it's more obvious here yeah than than the, the previous things we've seen him do before but yeah. i would say i i've been a weird defender of product placement okay. throughout my life mm-hmm. and i would say an example like this if you were if in real life you were going around watching the power go out all over a city you would see a McDonald's. You would see right. a Shell station. Right. To me, when it's used like this, I think it does kind of help to establish it in the real world. Right. Like seeing a McDonald's power go out is less distracting than seeing like a this is family burger, <laughs> like some weird, obviously fake burger place. Because right. that means like because every, everyone knows a McDonald's. Everyone knows. Yeah. It, it. it kind of it's 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 familiar. It, look, it looks right. like everyday life. Right. Which I, I I think it actually works to the film's benefit here. No, agreed. And I think uh, that's the case a lot, and people still get people just fly into a rage when they see logos in movies sometimes. When it's incorporated in like manner you're saying, when it's yeah. incorporated in a fashion like that, then of course it's that's the best use of it, and it does allow you to be grounded and and instant brain yeah. you can connect to it. But like I said, when you have Superman fight in an IHOP, it's <laughs> which uh, one was that? <laughs> that's Man of Steel. <laughs> oh shit! I try I try so hard to block it. I hate it. It's just a mo- that's why I, I just I just I just I've, I why is there you're telling me smallville doesn't have a cool like hometown pancake joint no they have a fucking ihop yeah Vanna still sucks yeah i can do five episodes i can do a hundred oh, episodes we, on how, how much we I could that. both we could just, I mean, you thought our jaws special was long holy shit let us talk about man of steel see what happens um, um, i would yeah. say the worst example of was when that was in transformers 3 uh shia oh. labeouf's mom says her line Finishes the sentence, comes to a complete stop, turns to the camera, drinks a Bud Light logo out, <laughs> finishes the drink, and then looks back at Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> the scene goes on for like an extra three seconds, just so she can pause and take a sip of a Bud Light. Oh. Meanwhile, like a like a middle aged woman just drinking a Bud Light in the middle of the day, and that's not addressed. That's not the issue not weird at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh boy, but I think it works in this film. I agree. Yeah. And uh, Dreyfus has got to go sort it out because he works for the Department of Water and Power. Right. Uh, and that's here's where we have our his his close encounter. Yeah. Is this of the third kind? <laughs> <laughs> Let's say the first kind. I remember when it's, I 
I it's a third degree kind when we yeah. get to that in a minute, yeah. I remember the first, and maybe maybe I invented this, or maybe this was in the theatrical cut, which is what I saw many years ago. Sure. But I remember the movie starting out with like little titles describing what is a close encounter of the first kind, what mm. is a close encounter of the second kind, and what is a close encounter of the third kind. God. Um, I remember the movie starting that way. It was, really? it was not in this version. Right, definitely was not in this. Uh, we will, to be clarified, yes, we did see the director's cut. Which version. was all we could find online. Yeah. Uh, By the way, shout out to uh, Brian Abadaka, who somewhat sponsored this episode, and that's he gave me a ten dollar google play card hey uh and, and i use that to rent the film so, hey so thank you to brian havadaka and the check out his comic uh, zombie outlaw yeah there there you yeah. go so uh, so thank you for partially that's a freebie for, yeah. well i mean not a freebie he no, gave me a ten dollar google play card that's true you're right among other things he gave me and the other two uh, hosts of popsicles a uh, show on this very network mm. uh swag packs at WonderCon that were just insane uh <laughs> shirts posters coasters uh howard the duck comic that was like amazing the wrestling issue uh and a ten dollar google play card and a book so so definitely a big Good thank God. from me to Brian Abadaka <laughs> who, who did a very nice thing and partially sponsored this episode um, but yeah we watched the director's cut mm-hmm. I remember seeing that I it also could be maybe I'm thinking of the poster which I see it is on the poster uh, here if I could get a zoom nope it's gonna get smaller really? when I click really? on it thank you internet uh, uh, it doesn't look like it is on the poster I see third kind is contact I, I, uh, first is sighting mm-hmm. Uh, and second kind is physical evidence. Okay. So I would call this uh, close kind of the first kind. First kind, yeah. In this scene. That makes sense, yeah. Um, I will say, scenes like this, to me, this is where the movie really hits its strengths. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you're this type of person, Justin, mm. but I'm the type of person who has spent countless hours reading about uh, UFO encounters. Um, uh, you, you can see on my wall right now I have the X-Files I Want to Believe poster. See, I assumed that was just a, because uh, you're like X-Files. I, it's either like X-Files and because I've read okay. a lot about UFOs. Um, I... Because I got caught, you know, I got caught up with that in like in the mid '90s, like anyone sure. else did. But I, um, I kind of, just, it was a craze. It was a craze. Yeah, yeah, everyone was reading about it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone saw this stupid alien autopsy video that wasn't <laughs> real. You know, um, Fox had it, had the exclusive. I know they did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I say this, this, uh, you, you read the, the, the you know, the, the kind of classic story of the alien counter. Yeah. It hits all these kind of familiar beats. And I think the movie does a really good job of sort of capturing the, the mystique of that. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I just wish it had more of a story <laughs> yeah. supporting that. <laughs> uh, um, but he has his encounter. He gets burned. Half yeah. his face. Just half his face. Mm-hmm. We know it. He doesn't. He doesn't realize it until later. We see. Um, then uh, he. Uh, oh, and uh, Melinda Dillon, who sh- it was her kid that ran out and mm-hmm. spilled the coke earlier. Right, she's been chasing him through the woods. Um, so a nice surprise to me though, while revisiting the film, because I, I remember Terry Gar, mm-hmm. um, and just remember like, okay, the other the other woman, the other woman who had the, whose son uh, had the son, and I was like, where she looks really familiar. I ever actually never looked her up until while we were watching while I was watching the movie this weekend. It's like. Oh, yeah. The mom from a Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is what I was referencing earlier. Of course, Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson was supposed to play a dad. That's Just right. If, any- if anyone was scratching their head, being like, "What the hell is he talking yeah, about?" Yeah, no, no, no. That, two chances. That's why you brought that up, which I thought was a, was a good slide <laughs> way of bringing it in there. But yeah, no, exactly. She, um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, re- I'm mostly remember her as you know, like you know, telling Ralph, Ralphie it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> then you shoot your eye out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's actually very good in this film. She so. is. Yeah, she's very good in a Christmas story. I, I love her in a Christmas story. Your tone there seems uh, she's actually very good in this. Mm-hmm. She's good in everything. She's in. she's a talented woman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's still with us. I believe so. Yeah. 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 She's not that old. No, she's not that. She's around Richard's age. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but she, yeah, like, yeah, like, like uh, so she's, uh, where are we at again? Uh, the, enca- the first encounter. Okay, first The encounter. first encounter, which was of the first kind, <laughs> as we established. <laughs> uh, so Melinda Dillon's chasing her kid, her shitty little kid, <laughs> through the woods. Um, and then her and, and drive his cross paths. He almost hits the kid in his car. Mm-hmm. Um, and they see a group of sort of... Uh, other well you're classic ufo believers yeah. let's say yeah, yeah people yeah. you would expect to, to have to tell you a story about seeing a ufo <laughs> um and uh they have a little bonnie more like hey we both saw this weird thing isn't, isn't that crazy right um and then he goes he goes home mm-hmm. does. she keeps chasing the kid kid's still running away yeah he goes home wakes up terry gar in the middle of the night mm-hmm. uh, and he says uh for the uh, a variation of a line that he would repeat later in the film mm-hmm. He says, I need you to see something with me. It's really important. Yeah. Which is kind of, that That would be, that's his, his you know, that, that's his catchphrase for the rest of the movie. Is, this is important. This is important, this is really yeah. important. Wakes up his kids, freaking out, like yeah. everybody's getting up. Everyone's getting to the car. You have a perplexed look on your face. Well, I have a note that I don't, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I've written down Mangolia. What's that? I've written down Mangolia. <laughs> for some reason. That's... I, uh, you know what? I'm sure it'll come back to you. <laughs> Who can say what that means? Uh, it's on a postcard, benbeonspielberg at gmail.com if you know what the hell Are I you getting weird visions while you're with second. This will be the second week in a row, including the Kazam episode, where I had a note that it's nonsensical to me. Uh, I wrote down great eyes at some point while watching Kazam and never figured out what that meant. Uh, it actually says Mangolia. Oh, because we're in Mangolia. Mongolia. Oh! It says Mongolia. Oh, that's an O. Figured it out. <laughs> Mongolia. Very good, man. Mongolia. Mongolia. I got it. All right. That's a- <laughs> uh, so anyway, the, she he drivers takes him out to the road. They see nothing. Right. He he says it looks like an ice cream cone. They mock him derisively. <laughs> Uh, and then we're we're out in Mongol- Mongolia, which I've now my weird spelling or Mongolia has now messed with my pronunciation <laughs> of the country. Um, before we go in the Mongolia. Yeah. <laughs> I want to like what do you think uh how do you think the relationship uh is with between R- Dreyfus and his wife at Not, this point? I mean, you, would you say they're kind of like even before all the They were at odds. They're at uh, odds even in this first scene. Yeah. Okay. Even, I mean in the first first scene with with the when he's got his shit all over the dining room table. Right, right. They were kind of at odds. Mm-hmm. I also I don't know. It's kind of I mean the, the, his relationship with his family just kind of he just kind of forgets about them in the end. <laughs> And I'll get to my opinions on that, but yeah. Um, uh, so it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing where mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know how we're supposed to feel about the family. Right? Are we are we supposed to are we supposed to feel understanding towards Terry Gar, mm-hmm. or are we supposed to just say, oh, she's being a she's being a classic shrill wife? Yeah, shrill wife. You know, and, and I especially with the bit where she's trying to say, oh, isn't this romantic? Isn't this like you know we haven't done? And she's trying to like kiss her husband. Yeah. She's trying to connect again, but you know, Roy is just exactly. his character's name is, is just eyes are. Dirty yeah. back to the sky. It's yeah. it's a it's pretty clear. That's his, that's his that's, that's yeah. That's that's his life now. Yeah, he's gonna figure out what the fuck happened to him and what's going on up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, now the Mongolia and Mongolia. Mongolia. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would happen there. <laughs> Mongolia. Mongolia. Uh, All right. In the desert. Mm-hmm. There are huge uh, crowds of people mm-hmm. chanting mm-hmm. five notes. Do, do them. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, 
And it's, you know, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little peculiar. <laughs> it's a good scene. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to disparage it. This is, no, 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 this it's is a, a nice scene. little establishing thing. Being like, it, yeah. you, you, feel, mm. you feel the reach of this. Uh, you, you can yeah. tell this isn't just some weirdo in his truck well, no, it, encountering it, aliens. This is something that is far-reaching. And, and that's, that's what I like about that. Like, yeah. starting even the beginning of the film there, if any, the, these two locations uh, shows that it's like, it's not, yeah, like I said, not just some weirdo. It's not just some hick in Muncie. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, yeah. It is a... A, a global event that yeah. the government and whoever is yeah. trying to figure out. Some kind of weird international coalition yeah. <laughs> where it's just French and Americans. <laughs> no one else cares. <laughs> um, mm. Now we're back to Dreyfus. It's the morning. He's uh, shaving. Terry mm-hmm. Gar wants him to use a bronzer to even out his <laughs> half sunburn yeah. face. Right. Which, as he reasonably points out, then I'll be half red, half yellow. <laughs> um, the kids do a great bit here where they come and spank him with a ping pong paddle and yeah. take a picture. Mm-hmm. He scares them with the toothpaste. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, and then, uh, so there, she's saying, you don't you don't believe this. Stop telling the kids you believe this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nah, I do believe this. And the kid's like, hey, we believe this. And uh, you can see more of the divide between him and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, I do. I, I like the kids in this scene. Yeah. This is Spielberg has a, has a knack for finding kids that aren't unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> Although he could have used that trick for Melinda Dillon's kid. We will that. get to that. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> but then I love the, the kids are doing this bit uh, where the older boy is saying to the younger boy, yeah, I saw you, I saw you yeah. coming through my window, you stole my covers, <laughs> which I really enjoyed, that little kid joke, trying yeah. to convince his younger brother that he's an alien. It's it's, it's kind of funny, because like, between this and Jaws, like, yeah. there is actually a strange connection between this and Jaws, and yeah. the fact that it is, a, it is another, like, a father, and how he reacts to his kids. Yes. Um, and I, I almost wonder if, if Spielberg worried if he was repeating himself. Yeah, with some of these scenes, and yeah. I, I mean, the big key is that you know, like uh, Brody and his wife clearly love Brody and his wife clearly love each other. Yeah, whereas clearly Roy and Terry Gar's character are, are are not syncing up anymore. Yeah, but the kids, at least, at least in this scene, like he's being funny, Dad. Yeah, um, I agree, it's a good scene. You know, and, yeah. and it does feel like he he I think I'm assuming he has a lot of brother sister, so he understands this is how you act when you're a kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I like the kids too. They have that like weird '70s kid cadence. Yeah, that like kids today don't sound like that. No, no. <laughs> where he's just he's he's kind of like like he's weirdly like uh almost cynical. Where he's like, yeah, I saw you coming yeah. in through my window. <laughs> like he's it's uh, it's great. Um, and then uh, Terry Gar gets a phone call. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out Roy has been fired. Yep, because um, he didn't know. he didn't go to the his appointment. Yeah, he got distracted yeah. by the snow cone ice cream cone thingy. Alien, the, <laughs> the ice alien, cream, the ice cream alien, <laughs> the ice cream alien that burnt his face. Um, yeah. <laughs> so then we uh, next is we're in a, a, a sort of auditorium type room. Yeah, where only the first four rows are filled, mm-hmm. and uh, Francois Truffaut is sort of giving a pre- presentation yeah. on these five tones they've heard in the chanting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I like to highlight the dude working the reel-to-reel machine here because he is real enthusiastic about his job. I love it. That guy's a star. <laughs> he's got a big old smile as he's turning on the machine. <laughs> he's been... No one's asked him to ever do that skill on stage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he he's, does that he, every day. It's the one good thing. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like he's performing. <laughs> and he loves this. He's, he's an artist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's here where Fran, uh, Truffaut is establishing some like uh, sign yeah. language signs right. to match the, to the tones. Yeah, it's kind of like if it's it's hard because this is an audio podcast, yeah. but it's like it's um, yeah, it's like kind of like almost like a weird wave type thing. Which I don't understand why they're doing this. Can you explain this to me, Justin? 
as well, Matt, you see, I, uh... No. Is this supposed to make this more clear to themselves? Is this supposed to be a way of communicating I, with you, the aliens? I mean, like, I, I, this is what... I don't know what we get from I establishing hand signals to go along with the tones. I'm actually not sure. I almost feel like it's part... I mean, one can even argue that... And I'm stretching this. This is like a Marvel No Prize answer. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, it's just to be... It's not just audio. They have to be... Have, he's prepping a possible visual communication with the aliens with the aliens in case because clearly it's like we clearly won't know language yeah um but hopefully this sound this audible sound and this visual that i'm doing can at least create some kind of visual and audio representation that's not me saying are you come in peace (laughs) (laughs) in french which will be weird you know Uh, (laughs) so i i think it's him as a scientist prepping other uh ways of communicating but i'm not gonna lie uh, I, I, I'm not 100% on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that you have an answer for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying here. <laughs> right um, so then, and then we're we're out to, there's some kind of, uh, like, alien prep cookout where all the, those hillbillies <laughs> it's, it's like a little, it's like an all like, uh, what you call it, uh, um, a like a tailgate. Party. Yeah, a tailgate. A t- yeah, yeah they're like tailgating. A UFO tailgate. <laughs> they're they're in the same spot on the road. They're waiting for more UFOs to show up. Roy, of course, is there, um, eager. Um, and that's when uh, he sees Melinda Dill's character again. Yes. Um, is the do- is the son kind of just like wandering around again? I believe so. Okay, fucking kids. Stay with your mom, dude. He, he ran off once, man. Like, this is not going to end well for you. You're going to keep running off like this. Yeah. Uh, and here's where we have the first utterance of the exact phrase. This means something. Yeah. This is important. Yeah. Uh, which is what Dreyfus says as he sort of descends into madness later on. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's also kind of another bit, too, where, um, again, another classic early Spielberg staple is the small town people. Yes. And it's it, and it's something, it, it's the funniest thing to me, right? It's like I've, I'm aware of one thing, you know, it's watching these movies in a row, you know, starting from Duel to here. Yeah. Um, it's kind of neat to realize, like, like, he had a knack for this. Yeah. At casting kind of interesting character actors or just even maybe local to folks to fill out the yeah. world. Um, so it's not just our leads, but also these other kind of, like, fun characters who yeah. only have a couple of lines here and there. And, I mean, to be fair, I mean, listen, the Martha Vina character cast of supporting is the best. Uh, yeah, definitely. But it doesn't mean that this group is any less interesting to watch. Yeah. They're, they're definitely work in, in the scenario for this film, but let's not... The Martha Vineyards yeah, guys are... Yeah, that's <laughs> top-notch. That's a top-notch one, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not seeing any Mrs. Kittners in, the, in this Hell no. No, no, sir. Uh, um, <laughs> then we're, we're back to the government types. Uh, they've got these messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here, Bob Balaban's uh, uh, map-making skills pay mm-hmm. off because he recognizes these numbers as uh, coordinates. Yeah. So in a, in a mad fury, they scramble, they find a, a big globe. There's that classic one guy who's like, this is a $1,500 globe, guys, come on. And I like, I like that guy because yeah. he's just like, he's like, well, no, we can't use that one. We can have another one. Everyone's like, shut up. And then the, the man of action there who just sort of kicks the globe out of the perch thing that it's yeah. in. Yeah, just rolling the fucking... They, yeah, they roll into the thing. Yeah. And they discover that these coordinates are pointing to a location in Wyoming. Yeah. And so the government's got to get out there. I like this scene too. It, it's this whole kind of, it's like, yeah, they're scientists, they know what they're doing, but this once information, it's like, it's just this kind of mad dash scramble. Fuck, we got to fucking find anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because like, the scientist characters, I mean, truth be told, like, there's not much to them. Yeah, they're kind of stock. They're kind of stock. Uh, yeah, order me five scientists. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and outside Truffaut and uh, Bob uh, Balaban. Thank you, Bob Balaban. It's, yeah. it's not, um, 
these other guys who like, it would have been you know it, we don't really know what their deal is outside of, but it, at least something like this gives us a kind of glimpse of yeah, they're, they're dudes they're normal people yeah. trying to do this like crazy mission so yeah. like that's kind of fun yeah yeah uh, and then we're we're at Melinda Dillon's house mm-hmm. and shit's going off again. Yep. Uh records are playing, lights are flashing. Mm-hmm. She's trying to seal all the doors. She's holding on to her kid, trying to keep him there. And then the yeah. iconic door shot? Uh well uh, before, before that actually there's a shot I want to talk about. Oh, go ahead. Where she's sealing up the house and um she, she reaches she dug she goes into the fireplace to seal up the chimney. Oh yeah. And there's it's like it's it's like something out of Evil Dead. Like there's a, yeah. like a Sam Raimi shot. Yeah. Well, I guess technically it would be a Spielberg shot because this is before it, Evil it Dead. It is before Evil Dead, right? Uh, of the camera just coming down the chimney as her, on her quickly closing the door. Like, like this like evil Santa POV <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. shot. And it's re- it's very threatening. Yeah. And it's it, this is kind of you know the aliens bef- up at this point we we you know it kind of seemed like they were friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, which ultimately they would turn out to be probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here it's just like it, in in a second it turns into like oh this is a horror movie now this right. is these aliens mean business yeah and I guess it kind of goes back to that like what Duel and Jaws was right that yeah. element that Spielberg is still good at yeah. at this point is that even when he's trying to do a movie that's supposed to be kind of more hopeful and, and optimistic and yeah. and bright. You, you, he wants to get you the kind of. He'll give you a little peek behind a dark corner. Yeah, it's like where... make make you question if the movie's actually going to stay that way. <laughs> yeah, um, I think this is a suggestion from another writer. Oh yeah, uh, like one of the writers uh, told Steven, like, "Hey, you should have a, you should have Melinda's kid, or whatever the character's name is. Like, you should have her kid get kidnapped." Barry, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Oh, some, okay. Some weird. <laughs> it's something that's like not a kid's name now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barry, yeah. There we go. Barry. Oh, we should probably get... It's so Francois... weird to think of a kid named Barry. <laughs> by, by the way, Francois Truffaut's actual character name is Claude Lam... Lacombe. Lacombe. Claude Lacombe. Lacombe. Um, and Jillian, Melinda's the actual character's name. So. A, French it... scienti- a French government scientist in charge of UFO-related activities in the United States. How do you get that job? <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that Gerard, apparently Gerard Depardieu That's what it says, was yeah. also uh, up for the role. And I just think like Gerard Depardieu realized, like, I lost a Truffaut? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Or he at, turned it down. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm looking at some of these other names considered for uh, oh, Dreyfus. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen was the first choice. Uh, but he said, I can't cry on cue. Sorry, I'm out. <laughs> oh, I like the honesty there, Steve McQueen. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, and Gene Hackman turn on the part, apparently. Hoffman would have been kind of cool. Hoffman would kind of work. Yeah, um, I can even see Hackman. I can see Hackman. Pacino, he's t- we're running into the Nicholson problem. I feel there. Yeah, although this is young Pacino, so who knows? Who yeah, the hell this knows? This is not son of the woman, Al Pacino. <laughs> this <laughs> is like Godfather. This means something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like Serpico at best, Al Pacino. <laughs> um, no, Hoffman and Hackman would have been pretty cool in this, but I, I would yeah. say Hoffman is like the closest to Richards. Kind of similar yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Dustin Hoffman guy, so like that would have been kind of cool. But Richard again, once again, Richard is perfect for the part. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so Barry mm-hmm. Barry sneaks out the cat door, yep. cat flap, mm-hmm. and that's we get the kind of she opens the door. There's Barry. Yeah. By the door, bright fucking yeah. orange bright. light. Yeah, coming in. Mm-hmm. And he's dead. Well, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. He's d- is he? Is he dead, Jim? Is it... <laughs> His new character, unsure. unsure. <laughs> is he dead, Jim? Is he dead, Jim? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm not a scientist. I think I'm a doctor. <laughs> unsure bones. <laughs> yeah, new, new character on Ben Bjorn's show. And she, yeah, she's running out, screaming, and just... Kid's gone. Yeah. Long gone. Uh, 
And that's, that's again, like the whole point of the scene is to like kind of make you kind of go, hey, no, for real. Wait, are they, wait, are these good? Yeah. Wait, wait. Oh, fuck. Because, you know, at this time, too, like Hollywood's making also assume, like, there's been so many alien movies yeah. that your brain still wants to go, yeah, they're the bad guys, yeah, right? Yeah, they're, they're aliens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have some kind of, there's some weird meeting where the government is just trying to be like, hey, guys, <laughs> cool it. Nothing's happening. It's obviously why we scheduled a big meeting to address the nothing. Um, but you're making the nothing into a something. You should probably stop making the yeah. nothing into a something. So all this burst meeting is bad. <laughs> this concludes this meeting. Yeah. Uh, but they show they show a picture of a UFO, and everyone's like, "Oh, see a UFO!" And he's like, "Hey, dickhead, it's a metal plate." Yeah. Um, and this like the meet. This meeting's like with like Richard Dreyfus <laughs> and. And Melinda's was Melinda's scene character in this? I believe she is. Yeah. Oh, wait, I think we we're jumping. This might have been back before Melinda's kid gets kidnapped. No, it's because I wrote him down as it was happening. Okay. Oh, so maybe Melinda's not here yet. Uh, maybe because Melinda had a has another scene post this. Yeah. Um. Shit. But I got notes about this scene. Okay. And Go I'm ahead. pretty sure it happened here. Okay. So uh, then they well, someone in the crowd makes uh, what I think is actually a really. At the time, good point in defense of UFOs. I want to make clear, as much as I, I love reading about UFO stuff, I, I, I do not believe we've ever been visited by extraterrestrials. <laughs> um, but uh, he makes a point that I think is a very good point in 1977, wouldn't necessarily held, hold up in 2015. Mm. But he says, you know, we no one's ever captured uh, pictures or video of a car crash happening. That yeah. doesn't mean they don't happen. Right. Which is kind of like I, I was like, oh shit, this maybe maybe UFOs were real in the seventies. <laughs> but you know, of course, today people like, have captured pictures of car crashes. Yeah, fucking they pull their iPhone because out. there's phones everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was a good argument back then. <laughs> it's a strong stance on that one. I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, one of the one of the government types says, "Hey, you know, I'm not here to give answers. I don't know what this thing is, but mm. just stop worrying about it." <laughs> and then uh, Richard Dreyfus has the great line, which he says, "You can't fool us by agreeing with us," <laughs> which I think is kind of brilliant. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that line, but that one's really that's, good. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then of course one of those hillbillies we saw earlier makes them all look bad by saying, "I saw a Bigfoot once." And uh, then the, it's the, just yeah, <laughs> it's a giant. If, you, if there's a bigger sigh, yeah. uh, god damn it, <laughs> not helping, dude. Nope. Uh, I met someone recently who believes Bigfoot is real and he's out there. It, it, it okay. So, like, does does he have pictures or <laughs> no? He does not. But he's he's analyzed the Patterson film. And he's, he can tell you that you see muscles in there that uh, no human could replicate. And then we watched a Netflix documentary about it, <laughs> where they uh, highlighted random parts of the thing and said, "Look at the muscles." <laughs> oh man, how hard! So like, was his tinfoil hat really tight? No, Bigfoot's it... the only thing he believes in. Weirdly, <laughs> like, for some reason, Bigfoot. Shout out to Mike. I don't. I don't know if you're listening. A uh, friend of uh, Brett knows. Was of course a friend of the show. <laughs> I stayed with him during WrestleMania. Good guy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, but I'm sorry, Mike. You did not convince me about Bigfoot. Um, Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, th- this guy has made a fool of them, and they have, they have now, uh, by the rules of public debate, they now have to leave in shame. <laughs> um, and here, my next, uh, what's the next note, the next scene with uh, Melinda that you're thinking of? I'm thinking of the scene, because like, she is like basically, in, you know, she's wearing sunglasses, there's Roy and his wife, and a bunch of... A bunch oh yeah, of, that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. I didn't have a note about that, so I actually I can't remember what that was. But let's talk about that now. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where's she going? Basically, I, I think either she was reported to the government, probably that same government building. Yeah. 
that her son that you know the oh, alien this was on the way into this meeting okay oh that there we go sense. there we go that, there we go i fit that and uh, basically it wouldn't be like this whole yeah like she's basically pointing like my son's gone yeah um so where the where where where'd he go where'd he go yeah and especially if she's at a meeting where they're telling her nothing's happening nothing's happening it's like yeah. that's, that's that's silly little, nothing took my son <laughs> yeah. nothing in a giant orange light <laughs> took my son so very tell me where the hell that happened yeah um and uh richard and it's kind of interesting too right it's like it's, this is a weird thing where it's like roy's there he's obviously made friends with this woman yeah his wife uh, his relationship with him his wife is already like deteriorating, getting yeah. deteriorating as he as he's as he's as he stands there and he's she's there to support roy as much as possible but there's this weird thing she's like who the hell is she yeah. to you that's weird yeah that's weird okay yeah i guess i'm gonna keep going through my my <laughs> husband's weirdness right now yeah um mm-hmm. and then uh i want to just shoot through these because we're, we're kind of running out of time here mm-hmm. uh, and also i my, my notes are scant for the rest of the movie to be honest that's fair because it's kind of the scene we see a lot of kind of similar scenes coming up um but the first one is yeah. uh roy scheider is he they pass him the mashed potatoes at dinner time Roy Scheider. And Roy Scheider. Oh, wow. Roy is his name. Right. The character's name. Right. <laughs> Who's to say Scheider's not his last name? I'm t- <laughs> Maybe the character on this film. Uh, it's I, Roy Neary. I, of course, it's Roy Neary. <laughs> but uh, all Roys look alike to me. <laughs> it's fair. That's, I can see the confusion. No Roy Neary. Roy Neary is played by is, Richard Dreyfuss. Is, uh, is eating mashed potatoes. I just want to <laughs> think about Jaws all the time. <laughs> but uh, he gets the mashed potatoes and he starts pouring more and more into getting obsessed and he starts building a sculpture yeah and of course we get that that line again this means something this is important and it's the uh and this is kind of a, a great scene to me this is and this is all that I, I i mentioned that there were two earlier this is a scene that was parodied in uhf yep. uh, the weird owl movie mm-hmm. which i you know i saw uhf long before i ever saw close encounters <laughs> and for years every single time i ate mashed potatoes i would do this <laughs> thinking it was from uhf right uh, and and now I know it's from Close Encounters, and I still do it every time I eat mashed potatoes <laughs> because you know what? It's fun. <laughs> it is. It is. He's making a little mountain. It's yeah, adorable. it's kind of yeah. neat. Yeah. Um, but what I kind of love about the scene is like he's doing it, he's building it, and then we're just seeing the tears in his kid's eyes. They're like, oh shit, dad's insane. Yeah, and then he realizes no one's saying anything, yeah. but he knows like, okay. And he's he's starting to freak out. I'm so like, okay, so um, as you can tell, Dad's not good right now. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of what I like about what's going on with Roy right now. It's like Roy is is so overcome by whatever is fucking up his brain right now. Yeah, that he's trying to hold on to whatever anything's normal in him. But the fact that I think what's important is like he's scaring when he realizes he's scaring his kids. Yeah, that's kind of what snapped him out. Yeah. So whenever, so I think that's kind of interesting. Snapped him out briefly though. It's not about briefly. It's so the the fucking thing in, is yeah. so powerful that. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I have a quick little question about this scene that's not necessarily related to the, to the movie. Okay. <laughs> well, it's we've done of, this a lot so far. Well, so. But <laughs> it is in the movie. Okay. But it's in a lot of movies. Okay. We got a family eating dinner. Yeah. What's what's sitting in the middle of the table? You might have seen me tweet about this. Um, no, I'm but sure. But a, a, a carton of milk. But they just huh. leave out for the entire meal, <laughs> which every single movie family seems to do, which is disgusting because room temperature milk is a horrible thing that no one should ever drink. And yet every single movie family always, always, always leaves a big, either the carton or like a glass pitcher, but there's always just milk sitting out on the table. And it's very distressing to me. Do you, do you have you ever done this or do you know anyone who's ever done this? With I'm, I'm, we, here's the thing, man. Like I, I don't drink that much I, I drink I don't drink that much milk yeah and for me milk's either a morning thing or an afternoon thing I don't my brain just but can't as a do kid it. would you drink it with dinner no I drink water 
or if I got lucky, soda. Yeah. But like, yeah, I just I can't imagine, especially the way you. Yeah, you're right. Like, I, I no, I like my milk cold. Yeah, <laughs> who doesn't? Right. <laughs> Except for my uh, uh, junior Deep. year math professor, Mr. Montrella, who had a big old jug of raw milk that he would always carry around and tell us how, hey, with raw milk, you don't need to refrigerate it. That guy, Mr. That- Montrella, yeah, I believe he does have a carton of milk <laughs> on his table, but unless you're him, you don't do that. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm It's good. very, it's gross, and I'm a milk drinker. Sure. <laughs> but you don't leave it out on the table, and I don't. I don't understand where did this come from. It's, it's almost because like it's, every single movie family does. You this. just argue the idea that like it's like one movie did that. Yeah. And then every time it's like, oh, you just put a carton of milk. They do it in movies all the way. That's that's, what, that's that what, signifies family food <laughs> yeah. dinner thing in the seventies on. You know. Yeah. I don't. I don't I'm, I'm not. I don't know. Anyway, so Dreyfus, he needs a bigger sculpture now, so he's stealing dirt and chicken wire from the neighbors. Um, and before that, like there was this other freakout scene with him and his wife, right? Yes. It's and it's, in, it's him in the the shower. Yeah, and it's this well, he's is, fully clothed in the shower. Yeah, and this is okay. And then, yeah, right after the potato thing, does he like run out to the backyard screaming, "What do you want from me?" I think so. Okay, so this whole mental freak out. He's you know uh, he's scaring his kids, and this is where I feel like this is where the uh, it's been kind of known that Spielberg and uh, his parents got divorced. Yeah, um, when he was a kid. So I feel like this these scenes here where Terry Gar and and Richard are tar- yelling at each other and they're yelling at the kids. This is the one I feel like the most. Uh, autobiographical yeah i can see that yeah where it's clearly and, and there's an element of a guy who a kid who's dealing with divorce or a parent it's anything right it's like it's like he's an adult thinking back on his parents uh, arguing but the pov is from the parent so um i think in a weird way he's kind of trying to almost see what his dad was thinking of during that period yeah um, which I think, uh, you know, in, in a lot of later Spielberg movies, we it's a single parent situation, right? Which I think, in, in a weird way, this is kind of the origin of that. Yeah, like he got yeah. he got the divorce. He, you know, it's a happy couple in Jaws. Yeah, and then they di- they divorce in this movie. Yeah, and then from then on out, it's a lot of single parents, mm-hmm. which is kind of kind of a tie. Kind of thing weird. you go to. Yeah. yeah, you can you can see the through line throughout the movies. Okay, so uh, we're gonna shotgun through. <laughs> yeah, well, he so he starts stealing dirt and chicken wire from the neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, which my concern was, oh no, the ducks are going to get away but ducks can fly <laughs> yeah, so i don't know i don't, know, I don't what, know i don't know what that chicken wire was there for the first place and he's already built like so far he's built two versions of this mountain yeah clay he's freaking out pissed off at the clay thing yeah mashed potatoes and now yeah the the, the major one <laughs> yeah the one he ain't done he just, yet <laughs> he just starts tossing dirt he breaks the window throws dirt into yeah. the window and the kids are trying to help Kids kid, are trying to help. Kids yeah. are still on dad's side. Yeah. Uh, Terry Gar's not. She's like, I got to get the hell out of here. Right, right, this right. Crazy man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she bails. Mm-hmm. He's happy with his dirt sculpture. Yeah. Uh, and then he sees. Where are you going, honey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then he just happens to see on, on the television mm-hmm. uh, a plateau that looks remarkably similar to his it's, dirt sculpture. Right. Um, and it's in Wyoming. It's Wyoming, yeah. So he's got to go to Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, At the same time, Jillian. Watching the same television. Yep, that's Melinda Dillon. Melinda's, Melinda's, yeah, Melinda's uh, character. Yeah. She's watching the same television. Uh, she's like, she's also kind of freaking out because then we see right behind her are a dozen drawings yeah, of, of the, the plateau. of the plateau as well. Yeah. So now she's off to Wyoming. So you gotta get get your ass to Wyoming. Get your ass to Wyoming. <laughs> uh, um, and there's, there's a nice one here where where uh, so the government is evacuating Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, Dreyfus is driving in 
uh, as everyone's leaving. Mm-hmm. He's driving against traffic. Yep. Just screaming, my fault, my fault, my fault. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> like, no, my fault, my fault, my fault. He's like, I'm an idiot, I'm but, sorry. But still, still driving against traffic because he's got to get to Wyoming. Right. Um, we see dead cows uh, around the road, dead mm-hmm. emaciated cows. Right. Like definitely a clear like scare tactic. Yeah, yeah. Planted there by the government, or mm-hmm. perhaps murdered by the government, Ooh, as, a, as a later implication oh, would suggest. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're wearing gas masks, uh, and then he, uh, yeah. So then uh, he he gets deep enough where the government has sort of captured him. Yeah. Uh, and they put him along with some other people, including uh, Jillian, more yep. than Dylan. On a bus type thing, mm-hmm. and they're and they've given them all gas masks and say, "Hey, man, you gotta." You and Jillian was in the car out. with him, right? Uh, Two? yes. So like they had to quick. They met inter- up at some point. There was a little weird interrogation scene before that too. Yeah, and he's calling their shit out. Yeah, it's like no and, and, gas air is fine out there. And Truffaut and, and Melbourne are like, "Is he right?" He's like, <laughs> "It's like, why do you he's, also he's like? Kinda... What do you? How do you? How do you know how to get here? Yeah, how do? You, and also at the same time, they because they know something else is which is the." There's a lot of guys like you, yeah, who are seemingly for no good reason are yeah. showing up here, <laughs> and they're they're kind of maintaining the government line of like, oh, the air is poisonous, it's killing everything, yeah. but they, you know, the, so now, their heart's not in it. So now they're on the bus, yeah, and then Drew's R- R- like, hey man, Roy's like, his, yeah, Roy's like, fuck it, takes, takes off his <laughs> gas mask, like, air's fine, yeah, <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. Who's with me? And it's only Melinda Dillon and some rando and some, a random some dude, third guy, <laughs> some dude, and it's and this is again like classic. This is again classic Spielberg yeah. element of just. Now it's the no- three normal people, yeah, running off, yeah, into the into the into the danger. Yeah, uh, John Williams' music going high, yeah. adventure. Now we're in semi adventure mode yeah. again. Um, what time is it? It's Venture Ten, <laughs> <laughs> and they're off to the to the to the plateau. Yes. Um, so then uh, we they're climbing up there. It's getting rough. Yep. Uh, the third guy's having struggling. Well, he stopped jogging. That was yeah. his problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, we see a plane comes by, uh, mm-hmm. shooting shooting some gas, yeah, some chemtrails, <laughs> uh, and it's it's taking out crows. Crows are going down, yeah, which is kind of when you're like, oh shit, they killed the cows too. That's that's what they're doing. Yeah, uh, third guy, <laughs> very optimistic, says, no, they're just crop dusting. It's fine. And I just kind of cocking my eyebrow, I'm going, really, like, dude, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he gets caught in the gas and murdered by the government. Keep going, yeah, sure. It does, no? <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Kind of a weird thing, that, and I think that is kind of my problems with the end of this film. Yeah. Which is they just play it real fast and loose with characters' lives. Uh, much it's, like how we're rushing to the ending of this. <laughs> I mean, but there's a reason. It's kind of fitting towards the film. Uh, the government kills this guy. Sure, I'm going to go with you on that one. Just, but he does. <laughs> yeah, but you, I'm not seeing that guy again, so he's probably dead. Yeah. It killed the crows and the cows. Yep. No, he's dead. Um, so he's dead. Uh, and then there's a moment where... Uh, uh, Melinda Dillon has, has scaled a certain part of the plateau. Higher, yeah. But Richard Dreyfus is not. Mm-hmm. He's got to catch up, and the gas is coming. It's yeah. gonna, it's gonna kill him. And mm-hmm. he, you know, it's the classic. You know, barely reaches her hand in time. Yeah. Uh, Good tension then, bit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then they get up there. They they've reached the plateau. They've they've seen this uh, sort of uh, like this giant like stagey observatory type thing they built the one government my, has built one of my dogs just farted which is why I got last in that sentence because it smells gross <laughs> oh. <laughs> pretty sorry my god <laughs> it, it might hit you in a second <laughs> just a heads up okay uh, but they've seen this sort of uh, they've erected this sort of facility yeah to deal with the alien including a giant light bright 
Uh, giant Lightbright. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's where. Or a giant Simon, basically. I guess is more <laughs> accurate. Um, and uh, to communicate with the aliens. So yeah, Roy's like, we gotta go down there, and then Melinda's like. No, you gotta yeah. go down there. <laughs> Play it safe for some reason. For some reason, I think I think it's almost weird thing. She she kind of knows that Roy is so much more invested in what's gonna happen. So much more on. invested. She's the one who the aliens have her kid, but well, he's more invested. It's weird, right? Like, yeah. It's almost like yeah, no, I that's that's a weird thing. Where and also I don't know why we waste our time with this beat when she just comes down a few minutes later anyway. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but Travis goes down. He climbs down the ladder. And there's a guy who runs up to like stop him, yeah. Like, just kind of grab him for a second, mm-hmm. and then goes into what appears to me to be a porta potty. <laughs> is that what that was? <laughs> I'm not sure. I guess so. Is that is that moment just the, the, the gag know. about that guy really needing to take I, a that, shit? Maybe that's it. And he didn't. Richard was like, "Oh, I guess I'm fine." Yeah. And just keep because the guy runs up, kind of grabs Travis for a second, yeah. and then quickly turns and runs into what I believe to be a porta potty, <laughs> which was that guy just like I. But is that a joke about I, that guy really had to take a shit? I don't remember that. Part is that really. what that is? I don't know. Um, uh, I, to me, it seems like that's. What I, that you know, was. I, I almost feel like we're just gonna go with you on that one because <laughs> I don't know what. Uh, I also think about that. I uh, believe. That, uh, I believe. I want to believe you're right. <laughs> this thing, I believe that that dude needed to take a shit. Um, when do they kiss? They kiss. Oh, this was before. They kiss. This. They kiss right. They kiss, and then he heads off. So he's fully on board for abandoning his family at this point. Yeah. Not only for the aliens, but also for Melinda Dillon. Yeah. <laughs> like it's one thing if he's gone crazy and is obsessed with these aliens. Right. But he's like, you know what? Also, eh, Melinda Dillon looks all right. <laughs> uh, so that's weird. This movie falls apart at the end. Can we admit? Well, can we say that? It's weird because, like, I feel like. I'm equal parts. This is where are you? This is what I'm going to tell you. Like, well, like, oh, okay. So, like, hey, like my reaction now is a little different from yeah. when I first met you. And it's yeah. like, as I'm watching it, I'm going, I'm really conflicted. Yeah. And it's a combination of, I still feel the awe and and the the, the kind of like spectacle yeah. of the finale, but I'm also kind of disconnected. Yeah. And the disconnect comes from, I'm not, you know, like Roy is so loosely defined in the beginning that by the time we get to this point, I don't know who I'm rooting for. Yeah. Um, I I, I rooting for him because I like Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, but well, that's why it's good casting. Yeah, that's why it's good uh, casting. He can sort of like don't script schmipped. I will make you like this character. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> but I by this point, yeah, like, I'm not sure if I uh, I've just I'm not as invested in a weird in, into in his mission anymore. Yeah, you know, I, maybe I was when I was younger, but I think probably I bought I was and much like the country who fell in love with the film. Yeah, there's this wonderness and kind of uniqueness to sci-fi and it is there yeah and i think i think that's what the that's my problem with this movie has always been there's such great build-up yeah for the alien show up and we're like hey guys (laughs) (laughs) but But, i mean i don't know i don't know what would make all the build-up worth it i I guess if anything just uh like i said disconnected the leads yeah and and i think that's the biggest problem and and it's and i feel that's almost sacrilege to say (laughs) such a thing about this film but for me it's like we've talked so much about what we love about jaws and what we liked about uh uh even sugarland express to a certain degree is like the character work yeah in those films and here it just kind of fades away as the it's, movie goes on and it's not as strong about it and you yeah. know and it's like it's there but not i think spielberg was so enamored with the the uh the epic the scope and and exploring ideas uh these this these science fiction ideas yeah that the lead character's uh, aren't as defined as clearly as they were in Jaws, or yeah. as they were in uh, even yeah, as they were in Sugarland Express. And it's kind know? of it's it's a weird thing to think like you kind of 
in movies you have to do that like uh, to talk about Back to the Future for a moment, I'm, which I'm I will always often down do. for. <laughs> you know, it, it, on paper, it should be enough that Marty doesn't want to be in the fifties because the fifties suck and yeah. he wants to get home. Yeah, like that should be enough of a motivation. But instead, and this is why Back to the Future is like a perfect movie, yeah. is it goes it, it goes out of the way to say, hey, him and Jennifer have a really great thing together. Right. He doesn't need to get home to get home. He needs to get back to Jennifer. Right. Which is, it, it takes them to establish character. So even though, in theory, like, yeah, this is this amazing, huge, awe-inspiring thing that he wants to be a part of. Yeah. But it just, you can't connect to it if you don't have that that character to base it on. And like you said earlier, it's like, you know, and, and when the fact that, like, he he's basically, you know, like, Terry Gar, okay, fine, you can feel whatever you feel about Terry Gar's character, but he's has no real reaction to his kids. Yeah. Is he's just like, cool. See ya. Yeah, I'm going to Dylan on spaceship now. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, <laughs> no, it's it's further connection to to why you should give a shit about Roy being in awe. Yeah, even though you are in awe, it's yeah. weird. Like, that's why I'm conflicted too. I'm like, like this is amazing, and the visual effects are still great, even if it's 30, 40 plus years later. The visual yeah. effects still are incredible, but I I'm not as connected yeah. to to the to this film as I, as I used to be. You know, I think a lot of it comes from I'm 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 developed into my movie taste is, is so character first. Yeah, those are more those are the movies that gravitate towards me for like, like Avengers is amazing to me because I love the characters. So what's the plot? Hey, whatever. Yeah, aliens it's, it's, show aliens up. show up and they fucking hey, same same plot as yeah, How about that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm but yeah, like it, that's where I'm with you here yeah. in this case. It's like you know, I, if you thought this was gonna be a fight, yeah, sadly, turns out, turns out, oh, I mean, I'm sure we'll have our fights. Later. We will, I'm sure. Uh, but like right now, hey, sorry guys, yeah, well, looks, we, we're, we're we back both, up. We both feel mixed about this. Uh, we're back. We're yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the you know, first alien ship comes in, right? Yeah. Um, they do the piano thing. Yeah. 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 It's like and it's a very long extended. Hi, how are you? Basically, yeah. And aliens are like, we're fine. Maybe, maybe a little too extended. Some yeah, argue. It's, it's, some would argue that. Um, and it's this. It, it is this kind of great, kind of cool looking ex- experience. Yeah. And, and I even like you know, and of course, the big famous bit is like, yeah. And the aliens spawn back, and like the brown note that bros. <laughs> maybe bros. that's why that guy had to take a shit. Yeah. Like, oh man, not again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that blows out the glass windows. Yeah. Um, so now is when does the the door open up? Uh, I mean, after the little hey, how are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. The the door the big, opens like up. The big mothership comes in. Yeah, mothership comes in. Mm. Door opens. Some pilots and shit walk out. It's so all the Barry. Be- Barry's there. Yeah, Barry's everybody. Basically, we the the kind of confirmation confirmation that yeah, we did take these people, but don't worry, they're fine. They're, they're back, and Despite they haven't the fact, even aged. And that's which is something that we we don't have to. We, they're like yeah, but like you're they're coming out to people who are probably dead. Well, not Barry. Barry's and Barry's mom. Barry's mom's fine. Barry's good. Yeah, but everyone the, else is like, Ugh, oh, so. All right, so uh, we still have that uh, black problem. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this: as uh, you know, it relates to this moment, and it's something that I've thought about as a fan of uh, mm-hmm. such works as Captain America and Futurama. Yeah. If you have the chance to just jump forward like a hundred years in the future, yeah. see the future. Yeah. But you have to totally abandon your life as it is now. <sighs> Would you take it? Oh uh, no. 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 Wow. No. Straight up. No. And I think. Um, that does tie to the question that's going to come up at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, but for me, you're asking me, right? No. No, I wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. 
I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll speculate for the rest of my life. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Yeah. I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love my family. I love my friends. If I get the chance to go 100 years in the future, I am taking off. Well, this is kind of an I'm inter- out of here. <laughs> well, this is kind of an interesting thing. Because yeah. it does tie into the what happens next. Yeah, um, it's true. So, uh, Truffaut character goes up to Roy. It's like, oh man! He's like, I know I wanted to like r- r- kick you out earlier, but <laughs> maybe you want to be Earth's ambassador. <laughs> and I'm gonna tell you, man. Uh, I don't know what for some reason they kind of basically saying they kind of wanted to talk to you, yeah, uh, really bad. Yeah. And I guess, man, I'm jealous. I'm kind of <laughs> jealous. Yeah, you're probably they're probably gonna want they're kind of they basically is like you're in the list. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, yeah. And very quickly, all of a sudden, there's a group of other guys wearing these ridiculous uniforms. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like I said, they look like the villains from V. If, you, yep. if I don't know, um, Ro- they have one ready for Roy apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so we got one in your size. Yeah, don't, just... wor- don't worry about why. <laughs> um, they're waiting in line. All of a sudden, first big kind of creepy bug alien shows up. Yep. Then the little cute guys show up, yep. <laughs> and uh, they grab Roy. Yeah. They walk by the other guys. Are, nope, we're good. No, we got the we we're got good. our guy. No, we want Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would We got a shark problem back home. <laughs> we, we, we need the best. Space Quint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and now like that's when you know Richard you know, turns around, he sees Melinda's character, and she's like, Fucking go, dude. He's like, I got Barry, man. I'm cool. I, I'm good, man. I mean I mean the kiss was cool and all, but yeah. like you want the spaceship. I yeah. get that. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes up into the spaceship. Uh, one of the other aliens looks at Truffaut. Truffaut does his little hand wavy thing. Yep. And uh, for some reason, somehow. Alien does it back. Alien does it back, probably mimicking him. Like, fucking, all right, the Earthling's doing that. Fucking <laughs> yeah, <thing."> whatever. <laughs> um, doors close up. John Williams' score goes bigger. Yep. <laughs> and, and we're out. <laughs> and we're out. And uh, it's kind of great. These I love the, I do love these final shots where the credit rolls and the spaceship is getting smaller and smaller and yeah. each credit comes in I, it's the music is swelling it is some really cool stuff here yeah um so let's address um well we'll get to the alternate ending for sure yeah but i kind of want to address this question um do you uh have you heard about the idea like what spielberg thinks about uh the ending of roy going in spaceship now no okay so uh, that's why i kind of want to there's an interview you can find it online it's on youtube uh but back in 2007 you know you know spielberg is talking about uh, his feelings about the ending. And his one of the things he pointed about the ending was that um, when I wrote, when I did, you know, uh, Close Encounters, I was a guy in my 20s. Yeah. And I wanted to see the stars. I wanted to see space. I wanted to, I wanted to live the fantasy. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, have a, I have kids now. I'm a father. Yeah. Uh, if I wrote Close Encounters now, Roy wouldn't have left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and once... It makes sense. Every time I hear it, we we, we talk about you know, Roy's doesn't give a shit about his kid. Yeah, yeah, because he's a Spielberg was a single. Or didn't have kids. Spielberg didn't have kids. He was a he was a guy of divorce. Yeah, you know? true. He was a guy of divorce. He was single. You yeah. know, like he doesn't. You know, like for him, it's like fuck this shit. I'm not I want family. See the stars. I got these stars. But now he's married to. And he's worried to Willie. <laughs> he's got some kids, and like now he's like, no, fuck. I would never leave my kids. Yeah, and that's. 
interesting to me, and it makes sense. I but think ultimately proving our point that it's it's kind of weird that that uh, that's how the movie ends. Yeah, it's a, yeah, but it's very much a young, an early, a guy in his twenties perspective on what he wanted out of his life. And maybe that's I'm a guy in my twenties. I have no kids. Yeah, and yeah, I would so I would absolutely get on that spaceship. And that's what yeah, exactly. Bringing up that question you brought up earlier is yeah. like I'm in I'm 31. Yeah. I, I kind of uh, I'm good. I don't I'm <laughs> my my optimism of what I want in the future is gone. I don't <laughs> I I'm like nah, I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, I would get him a special, but I tell you what, I wouldn't do. Mm. I wouldn't write a movie where a guy who has kids gets him a spaceship. No, and I, I wouldn't even argue that he probably. I, so arguably, I'm a better writer than Steven Spielberg at, at, at 27, probably sure. <laughs> um, but like, I wouldn't even argue the idea that like, had he thought about it, kept the ending as is. Yeah, Roy would be single. Yeah, Roy would have. Would, Roy would maybe have Terry Gar, but Roy would definitely not have kids. Yeah. Um. So uh, let's talk about the alternate. Special well, edition. I ending. mean, it's pretty much the same ending, except we see the inside of the spaceship. What do you think about that? Yeah. Like, what's wrong with it? <laughs> well, I mean, we see the inside of the spaceship, and it looks kind of. It looks a little bit like uh, if 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 Doctor Who at the time had a better better budget, because it's kind of mm-hmm. it's a circular room with then with which leads into endless halls. Yeah. Uh, and then I tell you what happened. So we see that we see that kind of you know entryway when he walks in with the mm-hmm. endless halls. And then I looked away for a second to take my dog's collar off so he wouldn't make noise during the podcast. Yeah. And when I looked back, I was like, "What the hell am I watching? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just all CGI and, and none. It's or just model of, work because it wouldn't be CGI. Oh yeah, model yeah. work. But just, none of it just scans as real things. Yeah. Like it's just, it's, it's just. It, it, I, I could not tell what was going on. It, it's funny because like the Doug, uh, Douglas Trumbull was the visual effects supervisor. Yeah. And his his work in this movie is incredible. Yeah. Like, it's it's it still stands to this day, except for the sequence. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is the sequence where all of a sudden it looks. Looks like model work. I'm yeah. like, I mean, oh, that's fine. I'm just looking at a bunch of paper mache. Yeah, like a bunch of like like plastic things. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of plastics are shifting around, and I'm like, yeah, looks like a bunch of plastic circles yeah, flying around. And apparently, that was a studio mandate. Yeah, when he did the special edition, they uh, wanted to see the inside. Yeah, it's like you can do your special edition, you can fine tune it the way you want, but we want to see the inside of that ship. Spielberg's like, all right, fine, I'll do yeah. it. Yeah, and, and from what I read, the director's cut, what we watched, is basically the special edition with that segment cut. Yeah, um, it's interesting that. Roger Ebert, in his review of the special edition, he loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I have it up here, actually. We can get the exact quote. Yeah, um, go I'm going to make it bigger so we can read it, but you keep talking. Um, and, um, but whereas Spielberg... Um, I, got, I got the quote. Go, go for it. Uh, so the new version... So he says, I gave the first version a four-star rating. This new version gets another four stars. It is, quite simply, a better film. So much better that it might inspire the uncharitable question... Why didn't Spielberg make it this good the first time? <laughs> and it's that's a classic case of we didn't know how film we didn't know the backstory. Yeah. So we also know that like now we know that Spielberg was like I was aiming for a 1978 release, but they wanted it in seventy seven. I've got some info here on what he specifically says about the special effects. Go for it. Uh, he sees a sort of extraterrestrial cathedral, a limitless interior space filled with columns of light, uh, countless sources of brilliance, and the machinery of an unimaginable alien technology. Okay. So he, he clearly liked it. Yeah, Ebra was way in. I, I think it's a, it's funny because like for me, it and I'm kind of you know Spielberg has since then said he regretted it. Yeah, and I think he was like, no, the, your imagination would have been far better. Yeah. than what I would have said. Yeah, what I would have come up. And I and and I'm always that I'm in that camp always. Yes, it's like whatever you thought. That's why Joss works so great. Exactly. Whatever you thought in your brain is far more exciting than me giving you a model work show. Yeah. Um. But it's interesting. I don't know. I'm curious as to why Roger loved him. Probably because he was already enamored with the film that this was just yeah. another detail that he liked seeing. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, there we go. Uh, what overall, like you, we've we've actually said more positive than I thought you were gonna say. Yeah. But what exactly are the, some of the major things for you that made you like kind of makes give a giant M mixed uh, feelings to the I film? Just, I just I think this is uh, I think this is a it's a problem that I have uh, as you'll see later with a lot of Spielberg movies mm-hmm. is there's a lot of really great moments yeah. that just don't come together in a satisfying story. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately I I, I think the, the fact that it, it does not stick the ending at all for me mm-hmm. just kind of I, I don't know I, I in uh, individual scenes are really really great yeah. but it's just overall it's like what you know why 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 what do I why do I care why am I watching right <laughs> uh yeah which uh I I think tends to be Spielberg's problems in some later films we'll sure. talk about. Um yeah I mean that's that's all I can really say here. Okay. Um, and I'm kind of, it's funny cause I, I, when you take away the, um, historical significance of it, yeah. um, and I'm being in the thick of it, okay. I, I maintain a lot of parts like it's, listen, this is the year of star Wars and this movie. Yes. Let's, I feel, let's keep that in mind. This came out the same year as star Wars. Yeah. Um, that this is a, you had a unique take on, on, on an alien contact. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a peaceful film. Yeah. Um, and we just and that's star summer, peace they star peace <laughs> um but we in that year it's true we could they could have um in that year we just got the america uh, america the, the world got mind blown by giant like fucking spaceships battling each other out yeah. and aliens being dickheads and being good guys yeah. but here it's it's the, the 180 and i can see being caught up yeah. in the spectacle and humanity of the concept of the story then <laughs> um as a guy who now who's watching it and is not who's seen more than that film who's seen other films like, uh, of this nature or whatever i'll appreciate its uniqueness in sci-fi yeah and it has its right to stay there mm-hmm. but i'm with you i uh, in the end like yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie the story doesn't connect as me as much as it used to and maybe because I, I was caught up visually with yeah. it um but yeah no the it, the characters aren't as strong as i as i as the other films i've seen him do and um it doesn't, uh, it doesn't, uh, yeah, in the end, it doesn't hit me emotionally as harder, as emotionally hard as some of the other films he's done. Yeah. And, or as other science fiction has. Yeah. Uh, films well, he's done. Yeah. yeah. Plugs? Yeah. Um, once again, I write for agentcigar.com. Uh, every Monday, except for the last two Mondays, I'm sorry, I've been very busy. <laughs> I'd write my weekly article looking ahead. You did write some other stuff, though. You wrote a Furious Seven review. I did. I, I did write a Furious Seven review, and uh, recently, I also uh, I updated my entire uh, uh, franchise breakdown of every single Fast and the Furious movie, including nice. from one to six. Including what a quick taster. What is what do you feel is the best Fast and the Furious movie? My favorite one's five. Good man. Thank you. Me too. Um, <laughs> but uh, also do that. I'm on Twitter at Justin Keys on, and uh, be on the lookout. Uh, subscribe. Uh, be on the lookout on YouTube. Eventually, the there'll be a channel called Fan Alley. Mm. I've uh, did some videos for WonderCon. Oh, nice. Uh, quick videos, and uh, all I'll say it will concern a puppet. Interesting. Cute little short videos, but they'll be up soon. Yeah. And were uh, you on the Bevy Megacast? What's up? Were you in the Benview Megacast? Sadly, oh, the, sk- the timing did not work. I really want to go. I, feel I didn't bad. even make it to WonderCon this year. I, saw, I know. Andrew was talking about that. Yeah. Um, I was really bummed. Andrew, I even hung out with Andrew at the Warner Bros. panel, oh, yeah. and I was all intentions of going, mm-hmm. and then the schedule did not match up. So. Well, check out the Benview Megacast anyway. It's got everyone on Benview except us. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> so we there. At least yeah. I hung out. I saw them afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's on BenviewNetwork.com. Just a quick uh, interrupting your plug for another plug. Totally fine. I think I'm all done, man. Okay. <laughs> Um, go to babynumber.com 
especially today, the day of this release, uh, something. So there's an announcement there, secret little tease. Ooh. Although I guess if it's, but it's it's it'll be this is gonna drop at midnight. The announcement's probably gonna drop later in the day. Mm-hmm. But just be checking memmynetwork.com. There's some cool stuff that's gonna be happening there. Mm. Uh, check out all the other podcasts I do on there, like Benson's Boombox, Popsicles, Shut Up Leonard, and Matt and Bruno's Wrestling Show. Uh, and speaking of wrestling, I just wrote a little uh, review slash uh, travelogue type thing of uh, my journey to WrestleMania 31, which is up at agentsofguard.com. That was actually a lot of fun to read, so I really uh, like reading that. I was like, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so check that out. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's Dr. Matt Benson. You can follow this show on Twitter at Ben on Steve, and you can write us an email at uh, BenViewOnSpielberg at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, it would be it would be my fine of you if you if you did some things to us on iTunes, like uh, rating us, uh, reviewing us, subscribing to us. Those all help us. Those all help more people find out about the show. Let us know you're out there. Where are you? We want to know. <laughs> Where? I we yelled know. too close to the microphone, and I apologize <laughs> for the peaking that just happened there. But uh, you know, we we we, we want to know that you're out there. And I have forgotten how we end the show. Do we have a catchphrase? <laughs> Do we? I don't think we've ever developed one. Well, we'll see you next month when we watch Close Encounters of the Fourth Fourth. Kind. Man, 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 (laughs) does it, does shit get fucked up. No, what's the next one? We can say it. Yeah, say it. Raiders Lost Ark. Oh, shit. Yeah, son. I didn't realize. Yeah, son. It's a big big time next month. (laughs) Expect Uh, that uh, to be dropped next month, yeah. I hate the movie. I don't. (laughs) I can't even, I can't even pretend. I mean, that's literally next to the I Want to Believe poster is Raiders Lost Ark. You you love Joss so much, but you don't even have a Joss. Wait, what is it? I, I do it's actually in the closet right now I rotate okay. out the posters touche sir well this wall is all posters that I feel are I can just tape up on the wall mm-hmm. the Jaws poster never goes up without a frame <laughs> so that's I mean that's the respect it's, it's classy I get you but uh but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll see you next month for Raiders of the Lost Ark that's a that's a big boy yes sir Hello out there in Benview Podcast Land. My name is Josh and this is Jesse. Hello. And we happen to do a podcast about video games called the Extra Damage Cast. Indeed we do. If you like to talk about video games or more accurately listen to other people talk about video games, you should check out our podcast. It's at extradamage.com or on the Benview Network website, whatever that is. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.